The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Blethered, and my guest is talent manager Amy Moore. Amy and her business partner Kirsten Cameron co-own Aquarius Creative, a talent agency that works in social media and influencer management, events, branding, strategy and loads more. We talk about the formation of Aquarius and how it was built for an idea formed on a stationary plane on an airport runway. We dissect some of the misconceptions around the evolutionary and relatively new concept of influencer marketing and its rise to socio-cultural prominence. And Amy charts her learning process throughout her career, from impressing Michelle Moen with her creative ingenuity as a 17-year-old to employing eight people only two years after the company's incorporation. And as always, there's plenty more. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you'd like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly payments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash bledard. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. How do you define what a momager is? (laughs) (laughs) For, for 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 the people who don't know. I know. The term actually came from Kris Jenner. So it's a Kardashian family word basically is that why you've got a picture of chris jenner just above you there on the wall <laughs> i would never have a picture <laughs> of chris jenner no the the term momager is basically my job term is a talent agent mm-hmm. so i look after all of these girls in a way that i manage their workload i manage all of their invoices i manage all of their emails and i do i do a lot for them where I'll kind of look out for them mm-hmm. and everything they're posting on Instagram and they see me in the mum light and they refer to me as the momager. There we go. <laughs> is that immediately my first thought or my first question is, is that your personality type or have you adopted that role, if that makes sense? I would say it's probably a bit of both. Like This business started as a marketing agency and we developed into talent management off mm-hmm. the back of doing a lot of like influencer marketing campaigns. And personality-wise, I probably, I would like to think that I go the extra mile comparing to other talent managers. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of feedback from other agents that they only do the bare minimum work, whereas they do the admin work. They churn out what they need to do. They do the invoice, they take their 20%, whereas I probably look after the girls in a lot better light, as in I'll say, stop posting this, do this, do more of that, mm-hmm. stop doing that, stop going out and getting drunk at the weekend and posting on your stories, or do more of this, and... I'll look after them a wee bit more and that's probably where like the motherly figure comes in. Yeah. Have you ever read the book How to Win Friends and Influence People? No. I think it well, I'm I'm quoting a book and I'm like, wait, who the fuck wrote that? I'm sure it was Andrew Carnegie, but he 
one of the basic principles of this and how to succeed in life is like the thinking grow rich you know the Napoleon yeah. Hill book yeah. and it's like <clears throat> do more than you're paid yeah. for and soon you'll be paid for more than you do kind of strikes me as that kind of concept did you have you just thought again it might be part of your personality but have you thought well if I constantly go overboard or constantly do more over and above that eventually that will pay dividends does that make sense 100% because as a talent agent if you'd like to say it that way or an influencer manager you start off with one person that one person can have a really really low following and a lot of the time these low following influencers they don't make a lot of money so you're only taking your 20 percent. so mm -hmm. you can be spending so much time on the one person and you're not getting a lot of return but also you do have to start somewhere so i started with one girl mm -hmm. and now there's 22 of them and we've got massive numbers now so it's, it's kind of that way you have to show off that you're doing over and above for that one person to then yeah. get the next person and it's a kind of domino effect it's after that. Kind of proving yourself in it. I think there are yeah. times when people in any walk of life, whether it's this, whether it's um, entertainment, TV or working as a joiner, people maybe sometimes think, oh well, no, I'm really good to have got these capabilities without the desire to go and prove that. Exactly, and I think in this industry, like, Within influencer marketing and social media anyway, I started this when it was all very new. There's there's never been something written, oh, this is how to be an influencer manager. <laughs> yeah, it's aye. not something you go and study at uni and then there's a rule book for it. Like, I know. You kind of need to make it up as you go along. And I think from feedback from influencers along the way and hearing feedback from influencers on other agencies too, how they work, I just always think, okay, right, what can we do better than all these other agencies? How can we go the extra mile? Mm. And that's where we've done loads of trips. We just go over and above for everyone. We make sure that we've got that really personal contact with everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's worked. I'm going to go slightly off plan here because <laughs> I was going to kind of come to those questions later, but just well, they're fresh in my mind. Yeah. So to begin with, and we'll return to Aquarius in general. But So you just approach one girl and say, I think I can help you uh, I make money, sort of capitalise on, on what you've already got and grow it. Is that, is that literally it? Yeah, that's, that's it. We... Who was it? It was. It started off with Chloe Freighter. Right. She is from Glasgow. Okay. She had about 30k at the time. Me and Carson had just started Aquarius. I think we had maybe been doing it for about three months. Um, but before this, I worked in the same industry. So I'd, I was the social and influencer manager at Quiz. Mm -hmm. um, so I had that background for so long and I knew a lot of the Glasgow influencers from planning events and doing a lot around the Glasgow scene. So the girls kind of trusted me in that light and I was probably the one person that they knew that has been doing this for a long time. But back two or three years ago, there wasn't a lot of people doing it. It's still quite a new thing. And now there's influencer agencies popping up everywhere. But at that point, it wasn't something that was super common and everyone knew an influencer manager. Mm. Um, so Chloe approached me because she knew I had a quite a good background in that. Um, and she asked me, would you help me kind of look after my, my Instagram and help me get work? And that's where it all started. I kind of created the systems after that. It was just a kind of domino effect of all the Glasgow girls and then started expanding to England and mm -hmm. further. Really interested in that when you say you're creating the systems. That immediately says to me that, you know, this isn't just going here, post it this time and, you know, we'll try and think with this. What type, of, I, what type of systems then did you first have to implement? Because I suppose you have to create some sort of infrastructure to work to. Yeah, so... Behind this, there's a lot of admin work. So for each girl that we have, there's maybe like three or four documents and systems that we work from. So the girls, we have a tracker document. So that'll be like where all the payments are in. So for every single piece of work that we get the girls, we have their email account. So say, for instance, 
sean at queriescreative.co.uk i would manage that email but then you would have your tracker document so i would put down i would note down every single bit of work that i'd get you mm -hmm. i'd then put the queries 100 percent number then i'd put the influencers 80 percent number all the invoice details and in that i need to do all the invoices for the girls um, and then we have another thing which we call a base camp which is basically where all the nitty-gritty stuff is so there's mm -hmm contracts there's briefs for every single job then there's so many like approvals back and forth that you need to do so say you do a job for zara man you're where you post in your white t-shirt but you need to post that in great light and it needs to be a plain white wall it needs to be this length it needs to be cropped like this then you need to make a reel there's so many like details that people really aren't aware of mm -hmm. there's so many like fine details in these briefs you need to send that back. Also, at the same time, I'll probably need to read a seven-page contract mm -hmm. because Zara might hide in that contract that you're not allowed to work with Be Inspired for th six months, but they might be paying you every month. So there's so many things in these contracts that you need to be so aware of Yeah, that we need to read every <clears throat> single line of. So oh, It's a lot of work and an eye for detail. Um, I feel like people listening to that immediately will be like, oh, fuck, I never realised it was that mm -hmm. because we'll, we'll talk about people being disparaging towards it in general. I mean, I remember I, I still get fucking grief about this because, right, so I saw, yeah, it was like, that's like five years ago, maybe mm -hmm. four years ago, and I saw a girl put up a thing and it was like, you use my code for 10% off your dry cleaning. And I just, <laughs> and it was in, it's like Bear's Den or something, right? And I just thought this was the funniest fucking thing ever. So I, I then tweeted like, use my code for 10% uh, off your fish supper. And it just, and <laughs> I get it. Like, I do get the laughs. And, and I, I, I still stand by that. I think that's quite funny. But I, I get people bring it up to me still. So yeah. if there's people I meet at events, are like, I remember you said this. I'm like, fuck me. Like, talk about holding a grudge. Like, let it go. But there can be, you know, there can be a more... That was me just having a laugh. And But there can be a more vicious side to it. And I, I'm not going to put this on you, right? Because if I asked you this question and you said this, I think you would maybe get grief. So I will say I think a lot of it is jealousy, to be honest. Um, 100%. Like, the thing I think about around influencers is people have such an opinion on an influencer and they categorise an influencer and there's there's one category and an influencer is one girl that's pretty and fake and face tunes and does this and yeah. does that. And... In this day and age, there's not just that one category of influencer anymore. Like people say, right, okay, you're an influencer, you talk about football. There's mummy influencers, there's older men influencers, there's mm -hmm. curve influencers, there's food influencers. Like there's so many different categories now. And although there there might be one girl that, okay, she looks pretty and she posts in a nice dress at the weekend, yeah. what is she doing out with that? She's actively posting on her YouTube channel, she's got TikTok, yeah. she's posting on her stories every day with no makeup, like showing the raw heart. And people get such an opinion of that, okay, the pretty feed that they see, but there actually is a lot more to it when they're getting grief for only showing the nice parts. But actually, a lot of these influencers that are successful now are showing the bad parts and they're showing the parts that aren't so pretty and glossy. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've got like a whole fucking myriad of opinions and they're all kind of interconnected to each other. One very interesting what you say about influencer because the, the word does get connotations didn't yeah. it where you just think oh fuck off i actually hate the word <laughs> so so do i and and i think the reason i dislike the word is i think i'm like i don't think it's representative of no. exactly what it is you you made a very i think astute point that it could be football mummy older person and i suppose if you were to strip it down the term what is an influencer in the modern day age it's somebody who does influence the direction of a conversation or what people are buying or what people are talking about and you're like well that has always existed in a more minute sort of 
tiny nuance scale of actors or so-called famous people, but now, you know, everybody has got access to, exactly. to this platform. And I think, like, so many people have opinions on seeing these ads on Instagram stories every day, and it's, there's just so many ads, but... Don't I'm follow sorry. them then. I'm sorry, if you have a bad opinion of it, don't follow it. But they also need to understand it's like, it's marketing just evolving as well. Like no yeah. one's, well, not no one sits and reads the newspapers anymore, but when I was less. a younger girl, I would go and buy all the magazines in the shops and I would read the magazines. I don't do that anymore because pe- people's att- attention span are so much shorter as well. <clears throat> Instead, I spend more time on my phone yeah. and the ads that you used to see on newspapers or in between tele adverts and stuff people are watching netflix now so the tele adverts are getting stripped mm-hmm. back companies are spending the money on platforms like instagram youtube and tiktok because that's where people are spending their time if they're sitting on a train they're sitting on their phone exactly they're not reading a book they're not reading a magazine and if that's where the companies are spending and the influencers are being offered these jobs then why would they not take them if they're fitted to that brand absolutely i, I think uh, i mean money will flow where attention goes I was actually listening to Alistair Campbell he was former head of communications for Tony Blair basically prior to him becoming PM in 97 yeah. up until 2005 was it aye, 2005 or 2000 no 2007 when I left office anyway he was talking about a pal of his who was a CIA analyst and he was basically saying that the world has changed completely irreversibly in the sense of how politics is done how elections are won and it's all done through information with the information age you look at laptops ipads but mainly phones so i i think you're completely bang on to be honest it's um that is where things are done we because it is funny though isn't it like how it is a currency having having followers as a currency like i i don't have a particularly large following it's slightly sizable and even i can i get of thing made stuff so I'm like well if somebody's 10 or 100 times that you're gonna it's exactly. it's kind of on a scale in it and then going back to the full marketing point of like older traditional marketing as well I read back like a PR report had been sent a few years ago and it was the reach of certain magazines and certain newspapers and stuff and the reach wasn't anywhere near some of these influencers that are out there mm. I know so it's, it's well, do, do you look at your insights of course you do of course you will uh, for each girl that we manage Aye. we have a media kit all right, okay. Because for, for like for my Twitter insights and stuff, I'm like fucking yeah. hell. Like, what what is a throwaway comment? You're like that's been viewed half a million times. Exactly. So for every single girl that we manage, we have a media kit that gets updated every two weeks. So that'll include the girls' reach, impressions. It'll be their gender percentage, which brands are so focused on these days. Um, I know my gender my gender percentage. What is it? 56% male. Is for, it? 44% female. Obviously, there's some sort of mistake there. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking joke. There'll be people listening to us who no. won't have listened before. I'm only kidding, for fuck's sake, man. No, but that's the thing. People are so focused on it. Yeah. Which is a good thing, because especially there, there'll be brands like underwear brands. Mm. Why would that underwear brand pay a girl to wear the underwear when their percentage is 90% male? Mm-hmm. Because the engagement that they're getting off of that is guys liking their pictures. Yeah, that's not converting. It's not people okay, she's it. getting engagement, but that's because of the guy's fans here. Yeah. But what they need is they need a high female percentage following so that it can actually convert and that money that they're paying her is going to make that brand sales. It's funny that the way that those sort of granular statistics and, and observations in general, how much that will influence where money has been spent because you can bet if, if those stats... If they weren't favourable, then the money wouldn't be flowing through. Then it just goes. It's it's the. I think if people 
excuse me, if people have got a severe issue with it, I would take it up with the companies that are that are spending the money. Yeah, At the end exactly. of the day, you get offered. I mean, right, we won't talk about any specific people, right? But we can just talk about figures. Let's just say somebody's got um, a hundred thousand followers, and there is a company that wants to sell um, women's jewellery. So the basically the person's got all the dynamics that they're after in terms mm-hmm. of who, you know, their, their reach and yeah. their gender falling and all that. What could they expect to take for, like, say, an Instagram post? Which normally also they put in a caveat saying, and we also want three stories, don't okay. they? Like, it's hard to price based when you're not basing it on a person. Yeah, because I know I'm being vague. The, the thing is, touching on that point as well, they're, people have such a different value based on their insights. So... We've had girls in the past who have 100k, but their reach is super, super low. So they might have really low story views. Their impressions are much lower. Their engagement's much lower. But there could be people with 100,000 followers, but they're also active on YouTube and TikTok and they're crazy on their stories. Their story Mm -hmm. views could be triple. Like, they could get so much more comments, so much more reach, everything like that. So that puts them at a higher value. So to brands these days, it's not so much the following number at all. brands are so focused on these media kits because mm-hmm. they need to see like the finer details in it so might make myself have a media kit as well then yeah. sign yourself to <laughs> I know. Okay. well do you know i was actually going to, i was actually going to ask about that i mean i'm being a bit haphazard here but i just feel if, if this is how the conversation's flowing do you ever think about diversifying to guys or absolutely you, is that are you are you actively seeking to do that or is it just something when the time is right you would do it to be honest we're not actually actively seeking anymore right now mm-hmm. we, we've we've all we've been in a very lucky position the full time that we've had Aquarius where there's been a lot of people approaching us in terms of social clients a social, half of our business is social media for brands yeah. and half of our business is the influencer agency we've been very lucky that every single brand that we manage as a social client have approached us we've never actually re- reached out to anybody um, and then in terms of the influencer market inside of it, yeah. we've maybe only reached out to like seven or eight girls that we manage. Um, so we do want to expand in that at some point. We want to, yeah, we want to diversify it a lot. We want males, we want food, we want older people. We, we Yeah, we do want to expand mm-hmm. in that area. Because well, we're sitting in your, I mean, do you want to say where it is? Yeah. Where your head, oh, so we're sitting in your HQ, we're in Oddingston, aren't we? Yes. Um, it is lovely. Is that? But I don't know if anybody listening has seen pictures of it. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a mad penthouse. Ah, it's 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 really really nice. I mean, I was I was being deliberately antagonistic just to see what reaction I would get because when I walked in and I said, "Oh, it's a wee bit like a sweatshop," and it did not fucking go down well. <laughs> did not go down well at all. So that was me. I'm on, I'm on the cunt list. My face will be up here on the dartboard. Yeah, tomorrow. you're not getting signed anymore. I know. Fuck you. I've absolutely done myself in there. Um, We'll kind of we'll come away way back, right? So, Bothwell, is that where you're? Yes. Did you, you grew up there? No. Well, I grew up in Garahill. Oh, the, oh I, if you are, we spoke about this, but I would have been steaming now. My memory becomes hazy. When, what did we say? I can't I remember. remember no, nah, I just remember talking about it because Garahill. I because I remember saying I would get the tra- train through it. No, oh, um, didn't remember that. that. <laughs> Good, me neither. Um, Tones down. What were you like at school? Were you academic or were you? more thinking forward and thinking I want to go out here and do stuff? I was academic. I did have good grades and stuff in school. Um, mm. Although I would carry on and stuff, I did always get the work done and I studied for my exams. Um, what did I get? My, I think I got like a few A's and stuff in my hires, but I remember people used to always slag me for the, 
subjects that I picked. What did you pick? When I went into fifth year, it was um, English and maths because you had to. Then it was drama, art and fashion. And everyone was like, oh, drama, art and fashion, no bothering me. Like, that's just the most girly subjects ever. Like, <laughs> that, that doesn't even count as a hire. And I was like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. So just leave me to it. That sounds class, man. I never I get a chance it. to do that. <laughs> but they were, there was so much theory behind them as well. Mm. Um, especially art. Like, there was so much. Art was basically another English degree. See, that's, I find that really interesting. See, with art, what age would I have been? I was only allowed to do it up until like second year. And I was so terrible. And so, so incapable that, and this makes me sound like a, I'm trying, I'll pick my words carefully because I don't want to upset anybody, but it makes me sound like somebody who was very daft. And basically what I did is I just sat up the back, right? And for a full let, no, no, worse than that, not even causing in mics, I couldn't even probably do that. I would dip my fingers into a pot of glue like this, right? And then (laughs) (laughs) wait for it to dry. Peel it off because I feel like it's just satisfying. I love doing that with candles. Aye, I like doing it with candles as well. You stick your fingers in the candle and then you flick it off. Aye, yeah. and then, so I would do that and then sit and it would literally just be <laughs> this is audio so you can't see me visually, but I just like, my hand, like, <laughs> like blowing it and thing me off. And my maths exam, I remember asking about it and I, I don't know if this is illegal, but I was pulled aside and told because I would say the, the, subjects that I would do well in were more expressive for yeah. using a different side of my brain logic and all that and math just wasn't for me and uh, I was told like it probably wouldn't be the worst thing if you just didn't do your maths exam because it would be one less fail and I was like fine so I went to the golf course with my pal and we the maths exam took place in like a like a metal hut so we just it's, just it's just got these temporary classrooms kind of oh, set up if that yeah, makes sense yeah. And we just chipped golf balls out, but it's funny because when it hit the roof, it's like dum dum. Do you know what it sounded like? The fucking EastEnders tune. Oh my god! Um, so I so that was me at school. Absolutely brutal. Did you go to uni? Yes. And what did you study? Fashion business at Cali. I actually don't have like a massive. I don't have a great opinion on further education, and I think that's obviously quite a strange statement for someone who went to uni. Mm. Because I think it, def- it definitely has its place if if it's what you need to sort of open doors in, to get into. In terms of this industry, I personally don't think you need it. Mm. To get into social media marketing and the full like influencer marketing side of things, from my personal experience, and all the time that I was at uni, there was not one thing from uni that helped me get to where I am today. Mm. There wasn't one person that I met, there wasn't one thing that I learned in any of these courses that I've ever, like put into place did you enjoy it though yeah it was fine I didn't I didn't hate it I left after third year because I got to third year and I had I was interning and I had got a job offer and I thought for the sake of me staying on an extra year here yeah or having a year's experience I was thinking if I look up my CV right now a full year of my life for what an extra four letters on my CV ones that's all it says like really that's that's all it is on the CV in this mm. industry, Hans. So you get a degree after three years? You get a degree after I three honestly, years. Honestly, still, to this day, don't really know how you... I don't mean to make myself sound like I'm a moron, but how uni works, I'm like, I don't actually fully get it. So after three years, you get a degree, yeah. four years, it's honours. Yeah. Right, okay. So I was thinking, I can stay on for this fourth year. You do your dissertation. Everyone that does their dissertation just seems absolutely miserable. I know, I. And I had that job offer and I thought, is it silly for me to leave uni? But then I, in this industry, obviously there's so many industries that are so different and you do need that education and that yeah. is so important. But 
in this industry. I think experience is everything, personality is everything too. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. I mean, for, for what I know and from the similarities between my industry and yours, I think I completely agree. Yeah. Um, there is, yeah, there's definitely something to be said. I mean, if you want to be like a fucking a lawyer or a doctor or something, right. like, you you have to go and, no, and do not, that. I'm not saying don't go to no, uni, no, guys, no. and I'm not saying don't go to education because obviously it can help so many people. Yeah. But from my personal experience, yeah. I cannot say that that helped me at all. And, and that's all you can speak about. Yeah. Um, and and now look, so I think it's sort of it's paid off, isn't it? Yeah. So you was the job offer you got at Quiz? No, the job offer was at Ultimo. The, the Michelle Mons thing? Yeah. Um, how was that? Um, at that point, so I had did an internship with Ultimo. I actually started in the design department. Cool. And I just kind of like fell in love with the marketing side of it. Um, so I'd asked to move the internship to the marketing side. And that this was, oh, it must have been, I think I was 17 at the time. So I was obviously really, really young. Social yeah. media wasn't really a thing. So this is must what seven years ago, maybe eight years ago. Social media wasn't really a thing, but I had it. Yeah. I used to post on Instagram every single day <laughs> with no captions or anything, just loads of pictures, all these different <laughs> filters. And I was like, oh, like we should get an Instagram like for Ultimo. Then they had hired this PR agency. So bearing in mind, Ultimo is like a sexy lingerie brand back in the day. Yeah. And they were posting like all these like big fucking greasy burgers it was awful and i'm what? thinking this is like an aspirational sexy like this is an amazing brand and this is what the pr agency's posting um can i can we get some context on that like what is the connection we have? exactly and i'm a 17 year old little girl in this big office and i'm like guys can we fix this up here like can i do this and i was like is there any way like there can be a job in this and then i had got pulled in by the bosses and they were like, right, okay, um, we're going to put you on a five-day trial. <laughs> and I was like, when? And they were like, oh, tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm fucking flying to New York tomorrow. Cheers. But anyway, I was like, right, okay, that's fine. Requested um, five brands from uh, five bras from the warehouse. Took the five bras to New York. I was literally stoking about New York. I got my, all my friends to like hold these bras out in Times Square. And I was like, <laughs> right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take each bra, get like a personality for each one. So I developed each like underwear set into like different characters. So one was, say, it was, like, Laurie, who was, like, this bright colour. So I had her in Times Square at night time and wrote this big, like, sexy, fun story about this Laurie. And then other ones was, like, more delicate. delicate. So it was, like, at the steps at Carrie Bradshaw's apartment. And oh, it was, yeah. like, all different personalities around each one. And then I did, like, a full journey, like, a story around New York with, like, these five sets. Um just trying to kind of compromise from not actually being in the country, not wanting to say, oh, I can't do that, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. And it actually, like, worked out, like, the biggest favour of my full life. It worked out so much better, and oh. then that's when I got offered, like, the first job. I've got so many questions about this. I mean, first of all, <laughs> observations, right? I, honestly, I, I am so impressed by that. Really taking it <laughs> back, and I don't mean that. There's this thing of, like, there could be accusations of, oh, you would say that because you're sitting opposite her or you're no, pals or whatever, but I, I, I genuinely i am thinking that, but... I don't know, there's a touch of the, and I, fuck, I hate to quote this guy because he's a fud, right? But Richard Branson said if somebody offers you an opportunity it, and you don't know what to do, just say yes and figure it exactly, out as you go. Exactly, but, And that's what I think now. See if one of the girls said to me, I'm going on holiday, I can't do that. And I'd think, well, chance, chance aye, gone. Like, like, you can. You like, can't make it work. Like, actually, be in this industry, I've come across so many people that are just 
lazy when it comes to these certain mm-hmm. scenarios and being creative. Like, you can make anything work, really. I think there's probably, like, a spectrum of of laziness or, or applying yourself, and I think it seems to me, and I, I'm pretty sure to anybody listening, that your brain is wired in that way. Yeah. All right, you've kind of grown up around it, you've been immersed in it, like, say, for the PR agency or older people. It is a new thing. Like, for example, I'm getting grief from people at that I'm working with to use TikTok and I'm like, no. Like it just I can't like get somebody else to do it for me. I can't but I'm Hello Agent Amy. <laughs> I know, but I'm kinda realising I'm like, right, okay, I should probably fucking do something with that. See but- the thing is though, like your opinion on that, your TikTok doesn't need to be cringe. Yeah. And you probably have a pure opinion that your TikTok's going to be cringe and you're going to get slagged. And do you know, no, do you know what? It's not even that because I would probably just use it as clips, just yeah. cutting, just cutting up wee bits of audio. Like so, for the documentary I was telling you about, yeah. we put the teaser on there, and it is mental though because like I didn't do it, and you just put it up and go, here's this, here's a clip of this documentary that's going to be coming out later yeah. in the year on TV, and it kind of goes a bit mad, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, how are people even finding that? Because yeah. I, I think I've got like eighty followers or something, like because I don't ever really fucking use it. But the rate that tic- your TikTok can grow at. We had the girl, um, Monique Palombo. On the Sunday, she had 8,000 followers on TikTok. She did a Zara haul. Literally went to the shops, bought a Zara haul like she normally does, posted this TikTok. Within two weeks, she had 500k. What the fuck? That's mental, isn't it? In two weeks, she had five. She had half a million followers on TikTok <laughs> from that one Zara haul. Which... And it then, so then you get people who, because I think, see, it kind of come back to the whole people being disparaging and sort of denigrating the whole concept in general. They go, aye, but it's no money. And you're like, well, uh, I'm it sorry, is. but it is, because mm-hmm. it equates to, it's a exactly. form of currency. Um, and and I think these, I think these platforms coming up as well, it's literally just like marketing in the world evolving again, because... I remember two years ago, I thought TikTok, no bother, it's just a pure child's platform and it's just wee girls dancing. No yeah. way. I thought, oh, it's a lockdown thing. Why is everyone flying about the stairs? Like, what, what is going on? I'm not getting I involved. Know. Actually, to this day, I still don't have TikTok. I've got an Aquarius TikTok. Yeah. I don't really want it for myself. But for all of the people that we manage and all the brands that we manage, it's amazing. And I think in two years to come now, you'll listen back at this and TikTok will be bigger than Instagram. Yeah, I would say so. We, um, cause we TikTok, I, I was the exact same as you. I was like, why the fuck are these cunts like yeah. dancing? Yeah, and, it's embarrassing. I cringe at that. And it's also, it ruined, um, the weekend blinding lights on me because yeah, I now, I, I think it ruins so many songs. And I associate that not so much with the dance, right? Cause I found that funny, but I just associate it with lockdown. I'm yeah. like, get it to fuck. Yeah. I, I was, Songs pop up and you're like, Ugh. I know, there was that one, oh no, oh no, mm-hmm. like that's ruined mm-hmm. for me. So many sounds. Um, there was, actually I downloaded it out of curiosity and I did find I was like, oh, fuck's sake, like you can just lose. Yeah. And I, I ended up watching like an hour of this guy cleaning pools and I was like, enough, <laughs> <laughs> I like deleting this. I know, through TikTok hole. And I was like, just, I'm getting this off, uh, getting this off my my phone. We, uh, the quiz, uh, sorry, the Ultimo thing, so I take it they were completely blown away by it because so then that tells me that you're not just like a a marketeer, but it's like a story. Oh, I suppose they're, they're the same thing, but you're a storyteller. I think you kind of need to be a storyteller because, especially back then, there wasn't people doing it, it, it was brand new. So mm-hmm. at that point, I had to, I had to make it strong. Brands weren't investing money in social media at this point, so it had to be something crazy extra for them to actually. Yeah turn their eyes to it. Everyone was older and they didn't understand it at all. I was the young one that was passionate about it, so I had to really, really prove to them and do a big comparison report and everything. Mm. And at that point, 
when I came back from New York, I had to actually go into Michelle Moan and I had to present the comparison and what I had done yeah. and what I think like I could do in the future. And I got offered a job on the spot whilst I was still at mm. uni and I actually managed to do that in my third year at uni while I was still studying as well. So That's it cool. was perfect because I was getting that experience while I was studying. It must um, be it must be quite a, an affirming um like and I suppose endorsement to get like you must have had that and thought oh fuck I'm on the right track here yeah. like this is what I want to be doing. Yeah. How what was what was the I take it they just absolutely loved it and Michelle Mon loved it. Yeah, she wasn't actually that involved at the time, but she was up. I think the the company had been sold and she just had a few shares in it and she I, I can't really remember what was happening at the time. She was. I think there was some sort of, was, I don't know, some sort of internal politics. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, uh-huh. So she was, I think she was kind of handing things over at that point, but at yeah. that point I had to present to her, I was shitting myself. Um, mm-hmm. But I just had to kind of go in and own it. I didn't really have a choice. I was 17, I was so young, and I thought, do you know what, like, I've actually got nothing to lose here. Like, I'm still studying mm-hmm. at uni. Like, I've not got my life on the line here. And yeah. I just went in and, like was as creative and bubbly and confident as yeah. possible and it obviously worked but not, not to take it because uh, not to take anything away from all of those things but also there's a wee in, in a very positive way and a, a very um admirable way there's just a blagging it in it as well just fuck just go in and fucking the blag it the full thing is just blagging it aye. this full industry i think is blagging <laughs> it <laughs> aye it's um aye, that the thing there's something else i was going to say about the ultimate thing it'll probably come back to me um, but at what point then do you, how do you end up going to work at Quiz? Was it just another opportunity? So after that, I was offered a job at Fake Bake, um, obviously the tanning brand that was based in Glasgow. Yeah. I went to work with them for a year. And it, that was the point where I had to decide if I was going to do the honours and mm-hmm. do the dissertation or leave and get the experience. And I thought, absolute no brainer, I'm getting the experience. Um, so finished uni, graduated with the BA, no ons. And then <laughs> worked at Bake Bake for a year. At that point, I actually had my own blog with my best friend so at the time. You're like an early innovator, though. Yeah, like, so we went out and like shot content together, but it was back in the day where it wasn't just Instagram. It was like we had the website and we would like write articles about our outfits <laughs> yeah, every yeah. week. Um, so we had created like the website and we were like, it was called Two Blondes, One Blog. And we put a lot of effort into it. Like we uh, loved, and this, bear in mind, again, this was like, six seven years ago so it, you're ahead of the curve so anyway two blondes one blog was on the rise we were um, bloggers it wasn't an influencer wasn't a word back then do you remember people there, there, there has been sorry to interrupt right but just interesting point it has there has been a sort of unconscious shift from blogger to, yeah. to influencer because I remember I used to get dead not annoyed right but I was just being a pedant I was being yeah. overzealous and I'd be like hold on a minute like you're not fucking writing a blog gonna call yourself something exactly. else like cause exactly. unless you're actually writing something yeah I was a blogger because I had my wee wordpress wix whatever it was page Aye. and I'd write on that every week and then yeah that's how it's evolved really it's that's well you, probably why you're an info well in fact, that sense, just cut that sentence, it's all the shit. Um, yeah, so I was a blogger at Two Blondes, One Blog, and Kirsten, who's my current business partner, worked mm-hmm. at Quiz at the time. She was having a store opening. Um, Love Island was on at the time, and they had just had um, Olivia Buckland. Yeah. She was an ambassador for Quiz at the time. She was doing a store opening at one of the Quiz stores. And she asked if Two Blondes One Blog could go down and visit the store, try on some outfits, get a free outfit, post some pictures, write a blog. Um, You're like fucking light bulb yeah. here. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely great, I'll be there. So I went down at the weekend, 
took some photos and I started chatting to Kirsten. Obviously speaking about my job at Fake Bake at the time. I was mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I do the Fake Bake social media. And she was like, oh, um, we are looking for a social media assistant at Quiz. Like, why don't you come in for an interview? The next week I went for the interview at Quiz, got the job and left Fake Bake and joined Quiz. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when me and Kirsten met. Um, I stayed at Quiz for, I think it was four years. And kind so of... It's a long time. Mm-hmm. And something like this, which is which is always shifting and evolving, yeah. it's a long time. Yeah, but in that time, Quiz shifted and evolved so much as well. We did, like, I actually had the time of my life at Quiz for the first few years. We travelled the world. We went to, we were doing photo shoots in, in LA, Sicily. That's amazing. Cannes, Ibiza. Everywhere we were travelling every single week, even if it was just up and down to London and Manchester. I used to go down filming for Towie. We filmed mummy diaries in lisbon like we did so many amazing things and i learned so much at that point as well especially because it was like it was still quite a new thing like mm -hmm. we were like the first people to work in the industry at that at that point it was still so new to everyone so I well it's not even that it was in its infancy it hadn't even been born then i suppose at that point kind of yeah if you think back four years ago do you feel like I suppose you can only speak for yourself, but do you feel like because it has been such a new thing that you have just shaped it as you've gone? Because like you mentioned, we spoke about the start, you creating systems and all that kind of thing. Like where there is no road, you kind of have to build it yourself, 100%. like this framework. Like back in, I think it was 2017, we did like the first fashion, we were the first fashion brand to do an influencer trip. So we obviously looked at places like Pretty Little Thing, Misguided, yeah. Boohoo and all that as competitors, but no one had done anything like that and we wanted to do the first one so um she she went on quiz i remember when uh oh i where did you get your dress quiz was a punchline or an insult you would use yeah, somebody yeah. at what point where did the the shift come that all of a sudden it was back as this um popular aspirational brand like how or is that down to the work that you just put in yeah well that is some shift because <laughs> listen, like I, I i personally i mean fair fair play to any guys that do but i do not and have never shopped at Quiz, but I was aware that it was sort of looked down upon. Yeah, I think it had such a bad perception for so long because it was the shop that everyone got their school skirts from and if there's any <laughs> girls listening, they'll know exactly what we're talking about and it was like, I don't actually know how mums and dads let kids go Those to school like this. They bandage were, ones? They were actually like, they were slutty school skirts, right? <laughs> <laughs> Short black skirts with the pleats and they had diamonds on them and then you would get the over-the-knee socks Oh yeah, I remember those. And this was all bought from Quiz with the the white shirts that were like buttoned right down. It was like some trinians, honestly. I don't I know like how a people. Fucking Britney Spears exactly, tribute act. Exactly. I don't know how people got away with it. And then there was the other perception of quizzes and the tacky prom dresses. But we all went through that stage. Yeah. Everyone goes through a stage at one point, don't they? Like if I've got and a, Quiz went through that stage. I was about to say that you can't make can't really make a joke about this. I was about to say. If I have a daughter, I'm just gonna. She's not shopping at Quiz for a school uniform, and yeah, she's, quite right. I'd agree with that. She's statement. playing like the fucking oboe or something like. That, so she has to carry about the thing every yeah. day. But then you get somebody going like, "Why are you?" Somebody will be like, "Why are you sexualizing your daughter?" I'm like, "I'm no. It's just a joke. I don't have a daughter. Like, <laughs> no, I know. It's just a joke. I know people just take things too far. I'll give her like a hockey stick or something. Yeah. But you see, always see. Those, I remember seeing a tweet and it was like. <laughs> I, I, I hate being next to private school kids on the train. Get that hockey stick out my face, Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian. Sebastian. Uh, always made me laugh. Always think of it. Um, so I, I think the, the quiz thing, even at like, again, I will put it this way: forty minutes in, 
I think anybody listening to this is going to be generally interested in the yeah. topic. But I was going to say, even if you if you don't find the whole influencer marketing thing interesting, I do find that really fascinating about that then cross. So I suppose it's, it becomes a bit transcendental where it's like, now it's it's into like mainstream media and entertainment, but you're saying doing like the Mummy Diaries. Yeah. Mummy um, Diaries is that fucking Sam and Billy? Yeah. I have to say, I do like that. I like watching that programme. brilliant. I get really annoyed. I love the kids. I, I feel like the kids maybe should get into trouble slightly a yeah, wee bit no, more. Yeah, I know, I know. You can't be, you can't like be behaving Nelly like that. Like Nelly and Arthur, I think, are absolute icons. So did you did you work directly then with yes. Sam and Billy? What were they like? Amazing. They were the nicest people to work with ever. Yeah. Um, we worked closer with Sam, so we did a campaign with Sam. Um, we went abroad with Sam quite a few times. She was really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think there's... Did you pick a sense that there was a bit of... She was thinking, well, how has this happened? So then, therefore, not being entitled or not being a bit of an arsehole about it, because... I think if you look at the way that that she was kind of catapulted to fame going into Towie, which would have been 2010, you're talking not long after this, she might have been thinking, this is a fun ride and I'm going to enjoy it instead of being a snooty wee bitch, which the way some people can be. No, see, to be honest, we only worked with Sam maybe like three, four years ago. And Mm. at this point, she's been doing this for so, so long. She's been filming for so long. She's at that point now where she's settled down. She's got two kids, I think. Sam is I have met people that are total divas but Mm -hmm. Sam is one of those people who is really really genuine and she was actually really passionate about everything that she was doing she was like the attention to detail and everything was great as well sometimes you can do campaigns with people like this and like yeah whatever put my name to it I don't actually care well I watched that show was that that guy Adam Fisbear Breaking Fashion Breaking Fashion right so I was like oh I thought (laughs) I thought I'm going to watch this I I think this was lockdown and I was like I'm going to watch this this seems maybe a wee bit intriguing See, after 20 minutes, I was like, oh, ah, get out. That. Horrendous. The concept of their collections, I think, are a really, really quick turnaround, whereas the things that we were doing with Sam, there was design meetings before it, there was so much back and forth, it was a wee bit more of a process. Well, having watched that, I mean, so for anybody that's unaware, what's that company? Uh, In the Style. In the Style, and basically what they'll do is they get, for each drop, for each collection, it'll be somebody who's in the public eye, an influencer, but I felt they just came in and they went I'll take that one that one yeah. and that one but the styles were already sort of chosen for them and I thought hmm it's quite cynical I think a lot of brands can do it that way but there's there's campaigns that we're working on right now where I've always said to the girls I never want it to just be like that when they're doing an edit or a collection it's yeah. a campaign that I'm working on right now with one of the new girls that we're just about to sign and we've actually been down to the brand three times for three different buyers meetings Mm-hmm. to do all this kind of design work and tweaks and make sure that everything's right yeah. and personalised because I think in these edits when people just put their name to them you can see it and you just see right through it and it just looks fake as fuck yeah I suppose it maybe reflects a wee bit on them as well because I can understand if somebody came to me and went right you'll get a hundred grand if you put your name to this like, there's a there's a decision to be made you know there's a thought process to, to be had but I think if you're thinking longer term if you actually really have a genuine interest or care for what you're doing, then you maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't. On a far, far smaller scale, I knock stuff back. I can only speak in my experience. Yeah. I knock things back. So I'm like, that doesn't tie in with where I want to go. Exactly. That that money would be nice, but longer term, it kind of is counterproductive to my aims. Yeah, exactly. And that's like being an agent or where the momager thing comes in. <laughs> like that's where I kind of need to step up. Actually, I'll say no to so many things without even saying to the girls because 
with mm-hmm. my best interests at heart, there's no way I would catch the girls dead doing that kind of thing. I, and I would not that if, for them to do one wrong job can damage their their reputation so much. It damages their engagement. Everyone just has a shocking opinion. Sometimes they'll see. I think you see it with Love Islanders a lot, mm-hmm. and they all come out and they all do the same car air freshener thing. Oh, and I think you have just cheapened yourself so much. Like, Took the words out of my mouth, honestly. And that's that's what I hate. Influencers being categorised in that type in that yeah. kind of light. Like I don't agree with that kind of work. Like I think when you see people do that, that's when you think, have you went into Love Island to get all of these mm-hmm. brand deals? And do you not just wish Love Island would be going back, would go back to getting hairdressers and plumbers and all that, and, and instead of yeah. people who are thinking this is my passport to? I think twenty seventeen that year we came and that Amber, Amber Chris, aye, Chris Hughes, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, with them, I felt like that was the last year of that show because after that, I switched off. So I was like, it's, Vizos. It's fame hungry now, Aye. I think. I think that in this full world of influencers as well, I hate when people are like, I want to be an influencer. Yeah. What, what do you want to influence? Yeah, what, like, exactly. It's, there is such a category of that now. I want to have Instagram followers. Instagram followers for what? What are you showing people that mm-hmm. makes you different? There's so many people out there now. So are you just going to your pretty selfies at the weekend and expect to, to rock it yeah. see I think I think then see if somebody said I want to be an influencer I want to have these followers I think that is basically their own shorthand way of saying I want to have the life the life that these people have and a conversation like this can actually sort of unpick or, it's like a peek behind the curtain at like well hold on yeah. a minute it's not just I take photos and uh, they look good and people send me stuff and I make money like I suppose if you really break it down a, a lot of it is that yeah, but there, there's more to it um, I want to get right to to Aquarius then. So, do you did you and Kirsten just think right? Let's let's go for this. Yeah. So we had been we had been at Quest for like four years now, and like I said, we we were the very first people in this industry at this point for this specific category. Mm-hmm. So for all of this time, we were doing amazing campaigns around the world. We we're working with top influencers, working on top campaigns, and the results that we were getting from social was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> And so many people said, were saying to us all the time, oh, you need to help me with my social media. You need to do this. You need to do that. And You're like, I need to fuck old after you do I know. <laughs> Cut job, mate. <laughs> and then um, we were on our way back from a trip one day. And um, I can't remember if there was a storm where the plane was broken or something. We were sitting in the runway for hours. And then we're like, we should just do it for ourselves. Fuck it. Let's just do it. And we created, um, we were like, what can we call it? We're like Aquarius management, Aquarius, we're, like, we're both Aquarius, obviously. We used to always buy each other stuff, like Primark always come out with Aquarius stuff. And every time we went into Primark, we'd buy each other a new necklace or new socks <laughs> or pyjamas or something. That's very cute. Um, so we used to, we were all, always wearing Aquarius, something like that, or we'd buy each other t-shirts for our birthdays. And we're like, let's call it Aquarius. I've actually got the screenshot on my phone, I'll show you. Um, and that must have been in, it was maybe about a year and a half before we actually done it. And we never done anything about it because our lives at Quiz were so hectic. Like we actually yeah. did not have time for. Everyone says oh, it's not about what you do in your nine to five; it's what you do in your five to nine. Well, we but, could touch on that fucking Molly May bullshit if you yeah, want later. Yeah. But I, it's not. It didn't fucking work that. But no, sorry, on you go. Exactly. And at that point in time, we this kind of job isn't just a nine to five anyway. It's yeah. a, it's a non-stop job, and it's it's so hard when you're traveling and 
social media is a 24 hour thing so it's not just like okay at five o'clock that's you shut off and you leave your work it's mm-hmm. you need to be reactive to everything that's happening on social media and you kind of you need to be non-stop um so for about a year and a half we didn't do anything about it and we're like right no it's time here like we're sick of this shit like we need to do it for ourselves um so we had started kind of making plans and everything and our first our first client that we got we created the Aquarius Instagram thinking that's us big boss bitches we've got one Instagram um, thinking we've made it and then we sneaky took on Bongo's Bingo oh right it's a client so I've still not been there have you not oh my god you'd love it only person I'll get your tickets um, so we took on Bongo's Bingo as a client while we were still at Quiz mm-hmm. so Aquarius was anonymous um, and that just kind of gave us a wee bit of confidence because yeah. we we're like okay Bongo's Bingo is quite a big name here Um we can do this, like, if we can get Bongo's Bingo on, like, we'll be okay. Um, and then in January, I handed my notice and I actually had got a big award in the January, it was 2020, I had got the Draper 30 Under 30 Award. Oh, all right. Which, for, like, the industry was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, it's like winning an Oscar if you're an actor, that's what I thought anyway, I thought it's me for the jackpot. Well, if it's given you, <laughs> if it's given you that, that sort of confidence boost that you needed, then exactly. essentially it was. It's, in this industry, it's, it makes you very kind of established. And I think if I wanted to go and get a job somewhere else, for me to have Draper's 30 under 30 in my CV, it's quite yeah, a big, it's massive. quite a big deal. So I was really, really happy with that. And then that was just the kind of extra bit of confidence that we needed. Not that we we didn't know what we were doing. We did. We knew the industry inside out. We knew what we were doing inside out. But obviously to leave a secure job when you do have like a decent salary and you are getting to do amazing things. It's it's hard to just kind of walk away from that. Um, so anyway, I handed my notice in first. I pretended that I was going myself. And then Kirsten handed my notice in two weeks later. That <laughs> <laughs> is the fucking suspect at all, is it? Um, Quiz guy, like, I think there's something fishy going on know, here, but I'm not sure I what. And then the second client that we had was... Um, we got fake bake back on board, so that's yeah. obviously who I used to work for. We managed to so that was two big accounts that we managed to secure. Um we were like, thank God. Um mm-hmm. and then another thing that we had noticed about like agencies and PR firms and everything that we'd worked with, they had no brand. Like it was all just quite like plain. So there wasn't much to it. I noticed that a bit there are PR agencies that I kinda do things with. And when I look, I'm like, you don't seem to have your own identity. Yeah. Which, and you would, I suppose you would want that. If I had a PR agency representing me for something, if, like my company, then I would be like, well, I want you to have your own personality. Like, what am I getting for you? Exactly. And I think, like, as an agency now, looking at the, everything that we've worked on for our own brand for these two years now, it's benefited us so much because so many people recognise Aquarius now and are so associated with Aquarius and certain things. And even the colour lilac every time Zara has something lilac in people send me pictures like you need this <laughs> fucking hell. Um, pl- I can confirm there is enough lilac <laughs> in this lovely office um, so that was one of the first things that we worked on was like the full kind of branding of Aquarius we're like let's go extreme here like if we're going to start an agency we need people to remember it we need people to recognise it like we need people to turn heads so we did a big photo shoot we got some like local influencers we created like big lilac sets and everything um, and then we hosted a big... Oh, my God, you were at the launch party? Fuck, so I was in Sanctuary. Yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. Sorry, oh, my God, yeah. So I'm then, sitting like, no, this party sounds quite good. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. So um, we had created a big launch party just because we wanted to do, Aye. like, a massive shout about it. Like, a 
I just feel like a post on Instagram is just not enough anymore. Mm. Like everyone posts on Instagram every single day. Like if you're going to be a creative agency that's going out, you need to actually show off that you're creative. You need to show that you're capable of putting these things together. Yeah. So we did a massive party in Sanctuary, as you know, obviously. Yeah, good night. There was about 150 people there. We kitted the full place out. Lilac. We created the disco ball heads. Yeah, nice. Now they're everywhere. I hate. Well, can I say? To me. We ordered they them are, from China before they actually... I hate them. Yeah, I know. They're just... It's because overkill. It's See, like, total, total overkill. Remember, um, he's going to love this. He's getting a shout out. Remember me and Connor came to the uh, vodka party? Nice. And I was like, they things need to get the, to so far to fuck. I know. They're like sleep paralysis demons. Yeah, no, I For know. anybody who's un- unaware, it's basically they're like... Disco ball suits. Aye, like yeah. suits. It's like a walking disco ball. And yes. the way they dance, I'm like, oh, get away from me. Get away Aye. No, I know. But anyway, we had started, we had got those heads made from China and got them brought over and everything before anyone was using them. Innovators always, eh? So, um, yeah, we had that big launch party. We invited lots of influencers, lots of business owners, lots of just like industry contacts. And it was like a big celebration of the launch of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Um, loads of people came dressed in lilac and <laughs> yeah, that, that was that. And then um, two weeks later... We obviously, the world went into lockdown, so that oh, was a great time until you received your job. Perfect. Uh, did you panic or did you think, no, this is the way it's meant to be? I suppose the f- first thing I just kind of want to comment on or maybe bring to people's attention, I'm sure they've already got there themselves, is that 18 months to, between the sort of inception or the, the conception of the business in itself, 18 months before actually doing it, just setting up the Instagram, I think what people often do is they look at, people who are where they want to be and they think rightly so like oh fucking hell thousands and thousands of hours and even days have have gone into that what's the point i'll never get there but it's like it all starts with one step it's like i'll use up your cringy cliche but you don't look a mountain and go well i'll just fucking hop up that and four jumps it's like no you you first have to go those first few meters and then eventually you keep going and keep going. You look back and you're like, oh, we've actually come quite far here. Like, let's oh. just keep going and keep going. Exactly. And it's like the process that's involved and it's all of the knowledge behind it as well. I wish it was as fucking easy as just setting up an Instagram yeah. page. Like, uh, now, Well, it's, I mean, that's in. accumulated knowledge of what, about eight years? Exactly. Of and I think that's the thing that's like, now at this point, you're seeing agencies pop up everywhere. And but they are styling no substance. Quality, not quantity. That's I've got I've got enough cliches all day, yeah, kind of, I but I think it, it makes the point, doesn't it? Um, and that's the thing. It's like that's that's where we see ourselves as maybe a step above the rest because mm-hmm. maybe not a lot of people know that we have been doing this for so many years and yeah, we, yeah. we have done a lot of big things across the years too. And it's not just a case of oh, here's a social media agency that anyone can do it. Yeah, it's, I it's think the knowledge behind it and the experience and the industry contacts. There's maybe there's maybe the like. I was about to use the word prejudice, right? I and mean, that's more sort of suitable to talk about like racism and homophobia and that kind of thing. But maybe there is a sort of slight prejudice where people just look at it and go, and again, they're kind of, whether they've programmed themselves or they've been generally programmed to go, ah, oh, it's a bunch of good looking girls and some nice aesthetics. Fuck that. Like, it's a lot of shit. But it's not the case. I really. No, no, exactly. It's the, it's the complete opposite, in fact. And um, I think it. I get why people think that, like mm-hmm. looking in if you don't know all of this information that we've been speaking about, I can get why people see that and I can get why people get that automatic assumption of an influencer. Yeah. Because it's like the shop front, isn't it? It's It's a nice shop front. It's a nice shop front, but <laughs> like as in people's Instagram feeds, it's like that is the shop front. Yeah, aye. 
it's it's hard to show all of this different information and there's maybe like not that I'm trying to fucking are they, we are jointly trying to dish out life lessons but maybe there is just a slight point that people might take away and go hmm maybe I won't just because we're all guilty of it maybe mm-hmm. I won't just make assumptions based on appearance yeah exactly of, or what I think I know or what someone else has told me yeah and I don't want to ever be a total jobs worth and go on and you see people who are so so busy and showing off and saying I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I've got this much experience and I can do this yeah. and I actually don't really care about that kind of thing I, I don't really care about Aquarius isn't actually that active either because in a way we don't really need to be we've been busy enough as we are and everyone that works with us knows what we've done and mm-hmm. I don't want to look like a dick and start shouting oh I can do this and I can do that that's there's, pro- there's probably a balance because I would say you would be well within your rights to because yeah. I think it's impressive um, I think the the because I mean the success and stuff is one thing, but seeing the level of oh, well the depth of the work yeah. that's gone into it is like you have to commend that. Like you mm, need to kind of no, take no. take your hat off to that. Like what, when you come in each day, I'll ask you. Secondly, what is a typical day or week for as mm-hmm. much as you can define? Because they're obviously very different. But like what what pushes you to come into work every day? Because see, you've got this far. You could quite easily go. I'll take the foot off the gas and go on holiday. I hate going on holiday. I've not. Act- I went to Ibiza a few weeks ago, literally Friday to Sunday. I actually have the fear of taking a day off just now. Do you? Because my phone is non-stop. Like, I'll show you WhatsApp just now. Is see, Fendi's texted me. Sixty-four just now, just from today. I've only got Dean Curry asking, are we going to Deacon Blue on Saturday? I want <laughs> to go to Deacon Blue. <laughs> Do you want to come? Yeah. I'll sort of I'll sort, uh, well, he, uh, text me and him are going out next week. And uh, it's my pal. And um, <laughs> I was like, Do you want to go and see Deacon Blue? I can sort of guest list. And he was humming and hawing. And I was like, Fucking grow Deacon up, man. Blue? I know. To tell you what, she'll Oh my just, God, yes. Yeah, I'm in. He can just get us after, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll come. I'll sort that, right? Um, I sorry. So you, like, you don't like taking a day off because I mean your phone is going so absolutely mental. So I'll show mental. you. This is my WhatsApp, right? So this is the first text this morning, right? Yeah, that's that's a lot. Fuck's sake! But it basically, for the for the benefit of you listening, as we sit in silence, Amy's scrolling, 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 and scrolling, and scrolling. I feel quite privileged. I get a, a reply and quite. A I know pro- you got quite quick reply. Actually. I know. <laughs> Given like because that is quite obsessed. <laughs> that that's not covering any other sort of social platforms or emails. Yeah. So you just feel as if there's too much to be done. I don't. There's like- too much to be done, and I think I'm still at that point where I'm. I'm. I would never not want to be hands on. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those people that just kind of walk away and let everyone do everything. I think when people come to Aquarius, they do come for our experience as well. So I wouldn't want to yeah. pass every single thing on. I still do have that kind of like element of control even just having like that personal touch to it where i do want to be involved in all yeah. aspects and that, that makes I, I see aquarius is still growing i don't think it's like we're at the point where we can just take the foot off the pedal and chill out a bit we still like yeah. where we are now is not where we want to be so it's not really the time to slow down that does make complete sense to me um and my viewpoint on it is somewhat each point is contradictory of the other because I was going to say like I think that's great and yeah it should be your stamp and you are the one with the expertise and experience you know how you want things done and then on the other hand I'm like I look at the greatest manager in any walk of life that's ever existed is Sir Alex Ferguson Mm -hmm. and he always talks about the importance of delegation 
100% back this. Like, you can see all the deaths that you commented Aye. on in the... Yeah. What did you say? The sweatshirt. Yeah. Well, I was saying... Welcome it, to it, the sweatshirt, It looked guys. like the... Uh, the, the mad underwear sweatshop that's in uh, Coronation Street. It's just because they're all behind. I was only saying it to take the piss. If you're a girl and you've, or if you're anyone that's watched Sail and Sunset, it looks like Sail and Sunset. <laughs> I have seen a couple of clips and it does look yeah, like Sail and Sunset. That's basically where the inspirations came from. Yeah, it's nice. I like the tables. Yeah. I like the, the light fixtures with the Aquarius things. Yeah. Very cool. We like the finer details. Mm. Um, but, like, in terms of delegation, like, we're a team of eight now. Yeah. So, delegation is so so important and I think every single member of our team is so so valuable to us that the fact that even two years in there's eight team members here yeah is, that's nuts and they all have a hectic full day it's obviously we take pride in that as well the fact that we have grown so much and all of the, these girls do have very busy intense roles too and yeah. we could not do I could not go one hour without the girls do you feel that you get a much better response from them when you do delegate because delegation is is a display of trust, isn't it? That I trust you to be able to do this. A hundred percent. And I think like, especially with most of the girls, like we've kind of taught them up from nothing as well. A lot of the girls that we have have been interns and we've trained them to yeah. be exactly what we want them to be. And we give them so much trust in the clients and the influencers that we kind of let them do a lot of them the stuff themselves. Although we do work as a team. And we trust them to do what they do, reporting into us and having kind of final approval by us. But the girls in their own jobs are amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the company is called Aquarius Creative, so that would imply that you do value that sort of autonomous creativity. Do you mm -hmm. encourage them to go and come up with your own ideas, bring things to us? And Yeah, exactly. I think... So the business is kind of split in two. So there's half of the girls manage the influencers and half of the girls manage the brand's social media accounts. Yeah. So we've got like social media assistants and we've got like influencer manager assistants kind of thing. And the social girls, they'll come to us with a plan each week for the clients. So say for instance, the client is Iron Brew. We'll say, okay, go make your social plan for Iron Brew for the week. They'll submit that on the Monday. And then we'll have a chat. We'll have like a marketing meeting. We'll say, right, okay, that's your plan, but... What else are you doing? We're the creative agency. What can we do that's out of the box? Whether that's like a creative mailer. So for instance, we did an event at the weekend for Brow TV and we actually got little portable TVs. Nice. Um, and we posted them out. We created a big campaign video um, with a really big influencer and we had them on the tellies. So we sent out the mini tellies to everyone that was invited. They opened it up and it was like a video inviting them to the party. That's excellent. So it's Love things it. like that that people talk about. People remember... And it's not just your bang average postcard. Yeah. It's it's cool, it's creative, and it's, yeah, it gets recognised, and that's what you need to do, because everyone can be bog standard, everyone can copy an invite mm -hmm. by tomorrow. Like, you always, that's what I always say to the girls, we need to be two steps ahead here. Okay, we'll look at the social plans, and I'll say, but what makes, how can, like, someone else can do that. Mm -hmm. Someone else can go make that right now, so go and make it a wee bit more yeah. cooler, like, Use a different app, try and make it more creative and bring something else to the table, whether that's yeah. an event or a social day or what's the new viral TikTok trends that are happening. Like, yeah. we need to pick up on these kind Constantly of things. Constantly being we on need the to pulse. take it to the next level at all times. It's a pure innovative... What's the word I'm looking for? Ingenuity, because that is that is excellent. I feel like if even if it wasn't this, if you had maybe gone into some other segment of business, that there would be a similar sort of... I don't know, it's the combination of creativity but also application because we can yeah. all come up with ideas but no, exactly. to, to actually go and execute them. Uh -huh, exactly. 
we uh, it's probably a good point to talk about it then the thing you were doing for is it called this is brow tv brow tv yeah so i mean not happy to plug the um the company of that but more so <laughs> the sort of the framework of that because it, this will then be representative of other things you do so yeah. let's go for start right how does that do they approach you and say yes. we would like you to help get the word out there yeah so proud of you had actually approached us a few times we had never taken it on because we actually didn't have an understanding of what it is and we thought it was conflicting of other clients that we had mm-hmm. so we did kind of just leave it for a bit um and then we finally had taken the meeting they said like we really want to take this to the next level so they've basically created a subscription service for brow artists and people don't really understand what it is and the way I've been explaining it to people is like only fans for eyebrows. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> By the way, there will be some weirdo guy out there that would also pay for that for yeah. the sexual gratification. Exactly, as well. exactly. But that makes sense. That's a good, so, good tagline. So it's kind of like people will subscribe to this and there's exclusive content about eyebrows on this. Right, okay. So it's for eyebrows like, are a big business, you yeah, know, I get mine waxed. Your eyebrows shape your face. I have to say, by the way, uh, to have to further elaborate on that. It's just because seeing the middle it goes like a bit of a monobrow. So I don't get them waxed like a pure women. How do you think they look though? I think they're yeah, right. they don't look unnatural. Thank you. Do you know what you should get? There's the you know the um dermaplaning thing that people use in their face, it's kinda like the blade. I'm going for uh, that on Friday. Are you? Yeah. You should just get that, like But dermaplaning facial, like not yeah, I'm yeah. kinda giving away a wee bit too much here. It's not me, it's been interviewed. Hey, shut the fuck up, man. What else is in your beauty regime? I know. Skincare, basically. Fake tan? General. No, it's fake tan. What's your skincare routine? Um, well, it depends because I use like our different products, but right now I'm into Kiehl's. Right, okay. So I use like a, it's like a, it's not an, it's, it's like a gentle exfoliator. Yeah. And then I use the face wash. Yeah, a wee moisturiser. Yeah, that's pre-shower. Right. And then in the shower, doing whatever. And then when I come out, I use Kiehl's moisturiser with SPF. SPF every day? Yep, every day, because it's good for your skin. And it gives you a right nice wee shine. But then I use like a Tom Ford mud mask. Right, how got, often? Not every day? No, 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 maybe every... Sometimes like once a week. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a couple of other things like... Like I use... Um, oh, fuck. It's like a mad thing. It's like a... <laughs> it's like an exfoliator, but it's got like... I think it's glycolic acid. Uh-huh. It's good. Man, I take care of my skin. Fucking hell, you've got a better skincare routine than me. <laughs> I take care I take care of my skin. But I, um, when I go to... I should give her a mention, actually, get away with me, Wilson. She, Is that um, skin, skin by, by Amy? Yeah, Skin by Amy. Right, She's yeah, fucking brilliant. Before, I think. Great, really, really good. Recommend. Um, but I, I left it too late, so I need to go somewhere else. Uh-huh. Although I messaged them and they're kind of like, I was like, hey, can I book in for a facial with you? Yeah. Friday. And they were a bit like, quite nonchalant about it and they've not really replied to me. I'm like, well. Oh, I'll, I'll sort you out, blogger. I know, I know I'll, just fucking, <laughs> I'll just fucking go elsewhere. Got some skincare clients. <laughs> I know, right, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with them then. you got to look after your skin, you know what I mean? Exactly. But I, I, if I get, like, if I'm in the sun for half an hour, I go pure brown. Yeah. So I get the accusations. Yeah, I remember that night I seen you and you walked in and you were like, whoa. Where was that? Um, On the social? Or recently? Recently, Gaucho. Oh yeah, aye. You were so tanned. I know. Just quite lucky. Jealous. But then on the flip side of that, because I do need to, and this, again, people like, I ain't bothered that kid, you're making this up, but maybe like a couple, <laughs> of, sunbe- well, a couple of sunbeds a month, because, I, because I've got sallow skin, if I don't, I go grey, yeah. people are like, do you feel alright? And then I'll be feeling amazing, I'm like, I know, I don't feel too good, like I'm feeling a bit rough. <laughs> I am like, because I'm like, fuck's sake, you just asked me if I'm shit. ill. Look pure terrible, so... That's a shame. But in the yeah. summer, who's laughing then? Because no. on it, there's a wee bit of sudden, I go pure brown. I think I look quite brown now, you actually. You do look brown now? Just because I've got a white t-shirt on as well. Why me? Well, I would say you look browner than I do. I've been sunny in. 
Mm. Some and you're in Ibiza. Bit. I'm going to yeah. Ibiza in four weeks. Are you? Yeah, for another fr- Friday to Monday. Are you? That'll be enough to. It's the best to. ever. I love it. It's an amazing place. What the fuck are we talking about? Oh, I. This is uh, Browse. Oh, yeah. So Brow TV came to us. Um, so they basically wanted to go full pelt with the OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, so it's a brow subscription service for brow artists to basically like further their education. Yeah, okay. There's a bit of insider gossip in it. Um, exclusive interviews with like really, really top celebrity brow artists and all this kind of thing. For, for the average person who's not interested in brows, okay, like that's fine. But yeah. there is a big market in it. Yeah. There's so many brow artists and even like makeup artists and influencers and stuff that want to be involved in it. There is mm-hmm. a big market for it. Um, so they came to us saying they wanted to really, really go for it. They wanted us to cover their social media, influencer marketing. They wanted us to do a big campaign photo shoot. They wanted us to get like celebrity VIP artists involved. Um, you had some big fucking names. Big names. When I had a look, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. We did um, two events for them before launch. We did, obviously, the invite send out and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot around it. And right, so where, do you know where? The, well, of course you fucking know your client. Where are they based? Glasgow. Oh, so they're based in Glasgow, yeah. right? Because that's what I was trying to connect. Because you did the launch party at Jimbo Law, which friend it doesn't know is in the city of London. Uh, amazing backdrop, looking at like the Gherkin, um, walkie-talkie. You can see the shard and all that kind of thing. And I was thinking that's that's pretty significant. But they've just wanted to do this big, this big event. In, so, in London and I mean so, how do you even go about hiring that fucking venue because it's a popular venue so the reason for London was more for like establishment yeah because I think there's not that this is a bad thing but I think when things pop up in Glasgow there's only there's only so far that it can go but I think when some yeah. something is seen in, to launch in London there's I don't know is a wee bit more of like an exclusive no completely feel. It's, the, it's the epicentre yeah. Is the, uh, there's no denying I am of the personal opinion that London is the capital city of the world yeah. and like it or not as much as we love Glasgow it is a fucking backwater let's yeah. be honest um, London is where it's happening but so I mean so you just get in touch with that because that's difficult in itself because they'll get requests like that all the time to hire the place out yeah so we spent a bit of time so we created like we'd create an event deck and we'd have a vision in mind so we want the decor to be like this we want the kind of setting to be like this we want the guest list to be like this and we pitched that to Brow TV and yeah. he says yeah okay love it and Brow TV have actually been like quite a dream to work with because they trust us with everything mm-hmm. and you can have awkward people that are like mm, nah 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 but they totally trust our opinion they've seen us yeah. do it for years in the past and They've just said, okay, like we, we trust your judgment and all of this. So yeah, we just outreach to a lot a lot of different bars in London, priced up who is best, priced up availability. Mm-hmm. And Jimbo Law is just quite like a trend a trendy place. That right is now. amazing. And it's the view, you can't really beat it. So No, it's it's quite difficult. It's um it's an incredible place. I mean I love, I love the city of London just in general, but it ties in with the aesthetic. Makes sense that they would trust you because why outsource for expertise and then not yeah. not accept yeah. kind of what you're being told. Um, I mean, I've got a million more questions, man. I'm conscious of sort of keeping your time. No, I suppose one thing, and I will preface this question by saying there's only so much you can kind of say at this point, but we'll talk about it and we'll leave out identifying details. Obviously, with success, or something like this, and the fact that it is in the public eye, there's, there is going to be a demand to know more, maybe to shine a light. You've had some offers for TV stuff and that kind of thing. 
what can you th- what can you tell me? I, so I know you're, I can see the, the calls going around your head, but you, my experience, you are allowed to give some information without okay. giving too much away. Okay. In a way that would piss off any networks. Right. There's something that we've been working on. Yes. It's taken a year to get to where we are right now. Sorry, 11 months to be precise. Hmm. We've been working on this for 11 months. We can't really say what it is yet. We have a big meeting on Monday to see something and to get a final answer on something. Mm -hmm. And if this does go ahead, it's... Something that I actually would never even have thought would ever happen. It was something that was never on a vision board of sort or something you could... I don't know, I just would never, ever imagine Comfy left, like left field. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, right, so you are... I, I get it, your your hands are kind of bound by what you can say, but what I would say is it looks great. Yeah. I think the demand, I suppose, is there. But I think there's also the gap in the market. I don't think there's anything kind of quite like it. The reason I asked if it was another company i'm being so vague sorry the person listening here but as if it was another company is because i had bumped into them while they were doing something and i was also doing something right but theirs was i think was just a wee tester right okay and that's why i was like is it the same thing yours would be much better don't worry because i saw how they were working and i was like nah okay who are you working with i'll tell you off here okay um yeah so it's it's amazing it's yeah and the things that we've done for it so far already look great the feedback mm-hmm. sounds great and if all goes well on monday it could be quite big it's a great endorsement i think not that you need that but sometimes a wee bit of um validation for like some other sort of platform you're like all right okay mm-hmm. that's yeah that is decent um I f- do you know what i will leave the rest for part two part two and i'm in the future don't worry okay get you in another six months and then okay. we'll talk about what's we'll passed. We'll talk about the big secret. Aye, we'll talk about um, my updated skincare routine because yeah. it, <laughs> it evolves. Your SPF. Mm-hmm. Talk about how your derma planning went. It's, um, I don't really like it. I got once like, um, like injecting like how mesotherapy. How if you've got stubble? Like how you just you... shave before you go. Alright, okay. Um, but I, I don't like being injected with stuff but I got it once. It's fucking horrible. <gasps> but it's like, find stuff? I don't know, it's like, you get loads of wee injections in your face. Oh, and it's I've like, got the microneedling thing and it's the pen and it's like the needles that go in. Was it that? that? I can't remember. Or is it profound you had? I don't know. I just like do it. And then there's another time where I get a mad mask put on me with a light. Like an LED. <laughs> do you know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Fuck yeah. It's great, it's good. You're really, really into skincare. Uh, it's more so that I always like, have have like went to do it and been told oh yeah. you should do this this and this I'm you like, just get carried away I'm like, right take care of yourself I'm like you're the fucking boss you do it yeah. I think I look young. I think I look six months younger than what I am now, you so. look great thanks I think so yeah I'm always joking again man, what, there's 31 people, yeah don't give away all my secrets do you get Botox no no do I fuck I would I wouldn't rule it out mm. in future I don't think I need it though I know, but I think sometimes it looks strange when a guy has a smooth forehead. No, I know, totally. Like, no expression. Aye, no, fuck that. Especially like if, if your job's to talk and then you can't move. It exactly, makes you feel a bit. exactly. Maybe, like, I, I'm, I'm saying I wouldn't really look like fucking year, like years from now. Aye, baby Botox. Aye, just a wee bit. It can be sometimes good to get preventative. My pal got it. I'm not going to name him. I'll, I'll save him for me, but he's younger than me and he gets it. And I'm like, what are you doing? You don't need that. I think it's when you look too frozen, it looks a bit strange, especially on guys. Mm. 
Aye. And like sort of wee mad painted mm-hmm. eyebrows and just fuck yeah. all moves. Except yeah, like you're talking, you have no... I, I got it once before and I'm, I think I'm quite an expressionate person. Like, I'm uh-huh. quite like... Blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't move my face and I fucking hated it. I thought like, I just look like I'm not like... Did, I just, just don't look like I'm myself. Does it, it wears it. off though? Yeah. Like look at me now. I'm mm. wrinkly as can be. I don't want to see you wrinkly. I'd say you just had a normal face. Maybe I'll be a bit wrinkly. <laughs> it's just it's, it's those long days that you're working. Exactly. I'm only joking. This has been great. Thanks for having me in this nice place. No props. Thanks for coming in. I know. I really like the I like the coffee machine. Mm-hmm. See, that's a real coffee machine. None of your bullshit. That's like no, none of your Nespresso pods. No, no, none of your pods. That's the yeah. real deal. I actually need to learn how to make like specific coffees in it. Like there's a book on like flat whites and cappuccinos. And that, coffee but... made me it was nice. Yeah. And plus you're giving an eggs masterclass in yeah. here tomorrow. <laughs> So, I, so you've got actually, yeah. No, this has been great. So thanks again. No props. And thanks thank- for listening. Yes, I was going to say, oh, you said it first. Thank <laughs> you for listening, and we'll be back with another episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. Blethered was written, recorded, and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media, Natural Wonders, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Dairy Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug, and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.